Welcome back to the G Truth. Well, I don't like a truth. This is season two. So yeah, there's a lot. Um, I'm only gonna be covering three topics today. I have college football, my predictions for the NFL. So that's great. And sadly, Andrew Luck's retirement. You may be able to tell my voice is a bit raspy because I lost my voice sharing at a college football game because I am at Boston College. So that's great. So let's get right into it for college football and why I love college football. I love college football. And I wasn't always like this. I didn't always love college football. I usually kind of am at college football. I'll just wait to the playoffs or some sort of bowl game that I actually care about. But actually being out there is something else. It brings a different camaraderie. We have different cheers, like in our game against Virginia Tech, we beat them. I believe it was like 35-28. It was only all better at the end, but we still won. But this year's the whole crowd singing Sweet Caroline or Mr. Brightside. It's just fun. And it brings a different level of camaraderie and joy to it than an NFL game does or an NBA game does. Because as fans, we aren't angry. We aren't blasting at different players. or more of just enjoying the moment, being with friends, enjoying it, and taking it a lot lighter than, say, a professional game, which makes it a lot more fun. There's less huddles, more of hurry up. There's less of a scheme overall. A lot of it's just talent. Talent supersedes a lot more of the precision and coaching, unlike it does in the NFL or NBA. And also, my personal favorite part of college football games is that everyone becomes an expert. Fans become an expert in, in what's going to be happening. Someone's going to run to the right, someone's going to run to the left. Everyone becomes an expert for no reason, unlike in the NBA or NFL where fans kind of just, you know, do a little golf clap for a little run. Or they get really upset and start yelling at their own team, which is what usually happens in the NFL or NBA, whereas for college football, it's a lot more supportive. And I feel like I really like that. And then also you have, like, crazy fans that aren't, like, they aren't usually drunk or or yelling at your at, at your at their own team but they're more of roast the other team like there was this guy right behind me that was yelling at the Virginia Tech quarterback and roasting him for his socks because his socks went all the way up to his knees that's why I love college football it's a lot more fast paced a lot less huddles stuff like that the fans are enjoyable, are fun to be around, fun to talk to. NFL, NBA, people got work to do, people are grouchy. College football, you don't have that. It's just a lot more fun, laid back, hang out with some friends. If we win, we win. And we celebrate and we're going to rush the field or whatever. We lose this, okay, I got work to do anyways. So my advice to whoever's listening out there is go to a college football game and go to one that's like fairly competitive not 
two completely unranked teams, Boston College and Virginia Tech, were unranked. But they're close. They're like, if you go from 1 to 30 or 1 to 35, they're there. Instead of the AP Top 25 poll. But don't go to like, a, I don't know, two unknown schools. I mean, you can still go to that and it'd probably be really fun. But go to something that's a bit more competitive, probably. But either way, go to a college football game. It is fun. It is fun. But you can't talk about college football or the NFL without bringing up Andrew Luck. Now, as you know, Andrew Luck retired, I think, about a week ago. It's a song right there. Last week. And for me, it was quite a shock. I didn't expect it. I didn't see it happening. Just boom, like that. Snap. He just dropped it in a press conference. Um, I'm out of here. Obviously worded it a lot more nicer than that. Um, stating reasons such as family, health, injuries, tired of having to do the mundane tasks every single day of rehabbing and having to go through it seemingly every single year. For me, I grew up a Stanford Cardinals fan. I grew up like that. And I've been watching Andrew Luck ever since I was like eight, nine years old. Yeah, eight, nine years old. And I knew that he was going to be something special in the NFL, but for me, I know I'm not going to go to the NFL, but as a young kid, I had aspirations of going to the NFL. And for me, it he helped me figure out that's possible to be a student athlete. To actually be a student athlete. Not an athlete and a failing, flailing student that just gets by. But to be a student while being an athlete and to and excelling at both. And that you can do both and be great at it. And that you don't have to fall into any sort of stereotype as that nerdy kid or I'm a jock. He helped me figure out that or break that stereotype for me. And then after he graduated from Stanford, I saw him play for the Colts and I was rooted for him. I wouldn't say I was his biggest fan, but I was a, a big fan for sure. And for all those out in the media, Doug Gottlieb, Colts fans that criticize Andrew Luck for for retiring. I understand. You're upset. You wanted to see the Colts have a shot at the Super Bowl because this could have been their year. Honestly, as a Chargers fan, I thought it was maybe going to be our year. But as a Colts fan, you were like, dude, why? We got all the pieces right here. We got young talent on the defensive end. Marlon Mack on the offensive end. T.Y. Hilton, Eric Ebron, a nice offensive line finally. But I urge you not to complain, to not whine, to not be upset. Be in shock, yes. But don't be upset. Don't complain. Respect his decision. Understand it. Understand it just as how I'm understanding the Doug Gottlieb's of the world 
the Colts fans of the world that are hurt understand Andrew Luck's decision. And I can go on about the reasons why he did it for for being around his family, finally. Because with football, I mean, you only are with the family during the summer. To finally be able to get his body right and not be on a timetable or people constantly asking about, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you getting better? Are you getting better? And for him, let him retire. Just let it be. I'm sure that you, someone out there, when you get around the age of 20, even 30s, maybe 40s, you're thinking, damn, it'd be really nice to retire, to have the financial background, the support, the money to be able to retire and not have to worry about stuff. That's what Andrew Luck is doing. It's letting him retire. And I know it's hard for you Colts fans, but I mean, everyone else in your division has done it. Texans, Jaguars, and Tennessee Titans fans have already done it. Just do a little thank you for Andrew Luck. I already got a little one for me. For me, I grew up watching Andrew Luck as a little kid. I went to the USC games, the Cal games, where he won or lost. To me, that didn't matter because I was a little kid, but I just enjoyed watching him. And so I just want to say to Andrew Luck, thank you. Thank you for breaking the stereotype in my mind that you can't be a sports figure, lover, all that stuff. And also be a student and excel at it. Thank you for making me excited to watch the Colts. For making the Sanford Cardinals games bearable. And with your retirement, thank you for showing me that priorities do matter. And that you should organize your life by priorities. Family and health should come before sports or people's entertainment or money. Thank you, thank you for showing me that. And for all those of you that already knew that, it's reinforcement. I already knew it, it's reinforcement. Yourself and your family matter more than money or sports or entertainment or pleasing other people. Those come later on the line. And ultimately, thank you for being a good role model for me. For everyone that, that, that uh, looked up to you. For being good support whenever you got tackled or sacked. For being a great player, great quarterback. And, and ultimately, for being yourself. There are reports out of you just being quirky, sharing your little Stanford knowledge and experience, and all those little quirks. I never knew you personally. Probably will never. But on the field and off the field, you've been an inspiration to me. And I just want to say thank you. Alright. Now that we got that out of the way, I cannot talk about the football season. 
the football opener, I mean, the preseason already happened, but, but the football opener for the NFL is this Thursday, I believe it's the Bears against the Packers. And with me, I got my standings for each team. Hopefully you can see it right there. For each team. I got my reasons for each one of them. Uh, I'll try to put up the win-loss schedule for each team in the link below the video. Hopefully that gets done. Hopefully. And for any other podcasting platform there there's out there, hopefully there's a link in the description that allows you to see what I, what I did with each team's schedule. Hopefully. But let's start off with the AFC East. Patriots, Jets, Bills, Dolphins. The Patriots, I mean, they're loaded this year. Offensively, whew. James White, Sonny Michelle. Offensive wide receiver threat. The offensive line has been pretty solid for quite some time now. Tom Brady, obviously. Their defense, with, with Bill and Belichick there, aside from the Eagles Super Bowl, they're going to be fine. I have them going 14-2. and two. Hopefully there's also a pop-up around here, if you're watching this on YouTube, of the whole division and the records. Hopefully. Hopefully I get that done. So Patriots 14-2. New York Jets, though. I got them going 7-9. Now, they got great offseason improvements. Le'Veon Bell. They got C.J. Mosley, I believe. I'm pretty sure. But for me, it all hinges on Sam Darnold. Can he take that leap to cut down on his turnovers mainly? Just cut down on the turnovers. In Adam Gates' offense, he'll be fine. But just the turnovers. Because he had a whole bunch last season. This preseason... He was a lot better, but we're stepping into the actual thing now. So, turnovers. I got them going seven and nine. The Bills six and ten. I mean, let's be honest. That offense is garbage, except for maybe Josh Allen. The offense is garbage. It's pretty bad. Their defense is the only thing that will give them wins. I mean, yeah, they can go maybe 8-8 eight and eight instead of the 6-10 and ten I have them at, but 6-10 and ten sounds about right. Alright, and then I have the Dolphins. I have no idea what the Dolphins are doing. Ryan Fitzpatrick is on the start. Maybe he'll beat the Patriots in Miami, so maybe that works. But they're, they're screwing it up. You cannot have Ryan Fitzpatrick start and throw Josh Rosen into the fire halfway through the season like he, like what happened to him in Arizona. It's not going to work. It's a bad idea. It's not going to work. So I got them, I got them going 2-14. and 14. All right. I got the AFC North now. Okay, and this one's a lot more interesting, a lot more tight, aside from the Bengals. I had the Browns winning, winning the division, and the Steelers, Ravens, and then Bengals. I'm going to start at the bottom this time. The Bengals. The Bengals are going to go 3-13. and 13. Let's be honest. Their team, aside from Joe Mixon and A.J. Green, but he's injured, is, like I said before, garbage. 
it is bad. Andy Dalton, I mean, he's a good, he's a decent to good uh, quarterback. He's at the end of his contract. I think they're just going to throw the season away and just get rid of him and just draft another quarterback. And that's literally what I think they're doing. Yeah, they're going to go 3-13. and They're not going to do well. The Baltimore Ravens are going to go 9-7. and Now, that defense is going to be great. Just like last season. It's going to be great. But the question is, can Lamar Jackson make the throws? There's probably going to be a cut in there somewhere because someone just walked in. So, prepare for that. I'm in the library, so... But yeah, Ravens 9-7. Can Lamar Jackson make the throws? Because it's been raved a lot about his throwing progression and how much better he's gotten over this past offseason. So can we actually see can we actually see that on the NFL level? Because in the preseason it wasn't really there. Next I have the Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers are gonna go ten and six. Now they did lose Le'Veon Bell. And Antonio Brown. That, that does not mean that their season is gone. It just means that they'll struggle a bit, especially since they play against the Patriots for the first game. And you know what Bill Belichick does? He takes away your favorite weapon. And that's going to be Juju Smith-Schuster. So it's going to be a lot of Big Ben trying to figure out, all right, I got to utilize James Conner and a whole bunch of other wide receivers. It's going to be a lot of him figuring it out, but they'll, they'll get it done. Now for the Browns. In this case, I believe they're going to win the, they're going to win the division at 11-5. and five. I have a lot more faith in the Browns than a lot of people do. Colin Coward thinks they're going to go 9-7. and seven. Some people think they're going to go 10-6, and six, but I think they're, they're going to go 11-5. and five. Baker just has that charisma that seeps into the team. You got talent all over the field. Their defense their defense is going to be way better than last season. They're going to be a scary team. And this at this point, I'm going to take talent over the youth and inexperience of Baker Mayfield, Travis Landry. Well, Travis Landry is not really too young or inexperienced. Uh, Odell Beckham, Miles Garrett, and Freddie Kitchens. I'm going to take talent over that. At least for this season. Next, next season is going to be the real make it or break it season. On the AFT South side, I have Texans winning the division. So it's Texans, Jags, Titans, Colts. Now, for the, for the Titans and Colts, I have them both at 6 and 10, but for very different reasons. For the Colts, it's just because they lost Andrew Luck. Now, I know people are going to say, Jacoby Brissett can do it. He can win a few games for them. And I'm not denying that. I mean, they can go nine and seven. I could be wrong. They might not go six and ten, but nine and seven. That could happen. But I just don't think he, I don't think he can. I just don't think so. I've seen him play early on for the Colts and early on with the Patriots, and it was pretty bad. Now with this new offense, I think that with Frank Reek, right? How is it? Frank, Coach Frank, is it, it probably will go better. But I'd, I would still err on the side of caution with that. And for the Titans, they're just way too inconsistent. 
I really don't know. I don't know if Marcus Mario is going to be healthy or not. I haven't going 6-10. They're going to slide finally. The Jaguars. Now, I'm a believer. I believe in Nick Foles. And I believe in that defense, too. I believe that defense will return to what it was two years ago. Best defense in the league. Now, I won't return to that exact caliber of best defense in the league, X turnovers, best in the league. Won't return to that, but it'll be pretty darn close. Now, for the Texans, I mean, the Texans have everything now. They pretty much have the division on, handed to them. But it's all about that defense now. They lost to Davion Clowney. They lost um, the Honey Badger. Tyron Matthew, that's what his name is. Tyron Matthew. They lost him. So now it's all about Deshaun Watson. In the offensive line, he finally has protection. The AFC West. Have the Chargers winning, going 13-3. and They're just loaded, even with Melvin Gordon out. They got Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson. It's enough. It's no work for them. Only question is, will it work in the playoffs? The Chiefs, they're in a slide a bit. I got them going 12-4. and Whoops. Uh, they're in a slide a bit. Like I said before, Patrick Mahomes, San Marino, comparison. They're going to slide just a bit. The Broncos, 6-10. and 10. Joe Flack was not going to get it done. And they're going to hold on to him. And they're going to, I believe their backup quarterback is Drew Locke. I think they're going to they're hold off on him for a year or two. And keep Joe Flacco there. And he's not going to get it done. At all. Oakland Raiders, I got going 3-13. and 13. They're dumpster fire. <laughs> I mean, for all I know, they could go 10-6. and six Or 9-7. and seven. And actually do pretty well, but I got them going three and thirteen because they're a headache, and I'm not, I'm not thinking about them at all. But if they somehow get their act together and start winning games, hallelujah. Now for the NFC side, NFC East, I got Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Redskins. The Redskins are a mess. I got them going two and fourteen. Case Keenum is quarterback. They're just going to try to fast-track Dwayne Haskins, and that's going to be a mess. It's not going to work. Giants, same thing. I got them going 6-10. and 10. I think Eli's going to actually play a lot better than last season. Visibly, not statistically. Visibly. Because statistically, last season, he actually wasn't that bad. Visibly, he'll play better this year. But they're going to try to fast-track Daniel Jones also. They're going to throw him into the dumpster fire. And maybe he does something. But 6 and 10 sounds about right. Eagles 10 and 6. I know there's got Carson Wentz back. He won't be in MVP form, but he'll be pretty good. It's going to take him some time to figure it out. Cowboys, I got them going 11 and 5. They got Zeke. Do I need to say any more? They got him back. So, so they're ready to make their run for the Super Bowl. The NFC North. This one was one of the tougher ones to figure out. But I got the Bears, Packers, Vikings, Lions. The Bears, I think they're going to have the best defense in the league, just like last season. And I think their offense is going to be much better with Tariq Cohen and Ty Montgomery, according to what 
the, the uh, Chicago Bears coaches have been saying about Ty Montgomery. So I think that Mitchell Trubisky is going to have a lot more help there on the offensive side of the ball, and it's going to be a lot more explosive. That defense is going to be great. I got them going 10-6, and six, though, because Trubisky's going to be shaky. But he'll be good. And then I got the Packers and Vikings tied at 9-7. and seven. For the Vikings, I think they could do a lot better, but it's just about because they're going to have some close games. They're going to have Kirk Cousins on the line with the game on the line. And Kirk Cousins, by all extent, is a good quarterback. But the problem is he just can't win when it matters most. I don't know what it is. He just can't throw the ball in those tight windows with precision when it matters the most. And for the Packers, I just think that just give it next year. Next year there will be winning they they will win the they will win the division next year. Trust me on this. They will. Not this year. Next year. Because Aaron Rodgers will be Aaron Rodgers. He'll play great. I think Matt LaFleur is gonna actually help him. And I think that their defense is still a little bit shaky. But I think next year they'll get that revamped. But I got them going nine and seven. The Lions are, I don't know what they are. I really don't. Maybe, maybe Matt Patricia does something and they actually win some games, but at 6 and 10, that's about right. NFC South, we got Saints, Falcons, Panthers, Bucks. I mean, the placement of those teams are pretty self-explanatory. Saints, I got 14 and 2. I mean, I think compared to last season, I think last season they were just devastated by... The Minnesota Miracle. But I think this year they're more motivated. Not depressed. Because this one they feel like that. It was not a mistake. It, it was not their mistake. With I believe Marcus Williams missing the tackle. But it was someone else's mistake. So they're motivated. They're like that's ours now. So I got I got them, I got them going 14-2. They got weapons on defense, offense. They're set. Falcons got... Going ten and six, they're actually healthy this year. Hopefully, they stay that way and they'll actually be a playoff presence. The Panthers are going to go eight and eight. I, well, I have them going eight and eight. The big question is health, health, and which Cam Newton am I going to get? And are those wide receivers actually going to catch the ball? And then for the Buccaneers, I got them going one and fifteen. I don't know what they're doing. They brought back Bruce Arians. <sighs> I really don't know what they're doing. I really don't. I think I think they're just trying to get Jameis Winston out the door. I really think that's what they're doing. Just get Jameis Winston out the door because they really got nothing for him. All they got is Mike Williams. Not Mike Williams. Mike Evans. And that's it. The defense is atrocious. Their offense is atrocious. Everything's bad. NFC West, I got Rams winning it at 12-4, but I got the Seahawks right behind them at 11-5, actually. 49ers at 6-10, Cardinals at 3-13. Let me start with the Cardinals. With the Cardinals, Kyler Murray will be fine. He'll be fine. He won't have a breakout season or anything like that. Out of the gate, he won't put up historic numbers. He'll be fine. He'll be okay. But there's just way too many problems for the Cardinals roster to even have Kyler Murray just fix it all. 
For the 49ers, I got them going 6-10. and 10. I just don't think this is their year. Maybe next year. Just not this year. A lot of hype built up with them. And it's not like the Browns hype. Because the Browns actually have a reason to be hyped. Uh, to be hyped up. The 49ers are more just hyped up because people just want them to win. Or be back in the mix. The Seahawks, I got going 11-5. Russell Wilson will do some magic on the offensive end. And Jadavion Clowney will boost that defense up. I'm telling you, they they will be a sleeper pick for, for the Super Bowl. I don't, I don't think they'll make it, but they are a sleeper pick. Now the Rams, I got going 12-4. I think they're going to slip just a bit from 13-3 to 12-4. A lot less of the loads going to be on Ty Gurley. More of it's going to be on Jared Goff. Can he perform up to that level and not perform like he did in the Super Bowl? I think he'll do marginally better this year but he won't have that help of Todd Gurley or Chris Anderson uh, boosting him up. Anyways, that does it for the G-Truth. Thank you for listening. This is the start of Season 2. I might be in the library still in the future episodes. Maybe not. Hopefully things work out. Anyways, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe or follow on whatever podcasting platform you're listening on, or on YouTube. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Peace.